The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What a bang-up show we have. Matt Sarah right now taking the mother of all shits. Aljo Sterling is in a uh, studio with us. We have a great time. Rashad Evans calls in. Really, uh, I think it was a lot of fun. Chris, the producer, is nodding uh, just to shut me up. UFC and Digital Media present UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Sarah, powered by Digital Media. Find your voice. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. This is how you know I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> how, do I, how do we know? Matt and I are both very loopy today. And uh, Aljo Sterling is with us. Thanks for coming in today. The Funk Master. Aljo, were you listening, Aljo? Yeah, I was listening. What are you doing with your phone? You're on UFC Unfiltered. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? We're here. We are here. It's, I mean, it's I, hard to stay off the phone, though. It is hard. It is, it is hard. It's hard to even have a conversation with somebody without looking at your phone like a fucking weirdo. But I don't no, get not, mad at that, though. I don't get mad. At, you know, people get mad like you're on the phone. You're, like, you're, you're, yeah. out, you're out with someone and, you, and they're looking at their phone. Yeah. I never get mad because it's like you can see anything in the world on your phone. Yeah. So I'm never <laughs> interesting enough to compete with everything else. I don't, I don't get it. Nah, yeah, that. That's a lot to compete with. Yeah. And besides, like, I'll always tell my wife, I'll be like, you know, I got two businesses. And then I got, you know, that thing with the UFC. I got, I'm got i a busy man. But meanwhile, I'm just oh, I looking at Instagram or something. Absolutely. Yeah, some of my list. <laughs> I waste so I'm much doing. time, dude. I, I literally, last night, I'm fi- it's 1.30 in the morning. Yeah, right? I can't sleep. And I'm like, I got to just jack off. So I'm online like, looking at porn. And that always gets my mind. And then I shot Afrin. It, it's a fucking nightmare. Well, who? What is it? Afrin's for your nose. Oh, So you can oh, yeah. breathe. Yeah, but yeah. It's, a, it's a stimulant. So it keeps me awake. So I was 3.30 in the morning. I was still awake. I didn't my know pro- that. If I take yeah, a leak or something... In the middle of the night, I always have a routine where any doesn't matter. I get up a lot too. Every time I take a leak or, or whatever, I I can't just go right back to bed. I gotta do like a, I have to walk around the whole fucking. I, I check on my kids every time. It's like and a ritual. I, I, it's like a ritual. So I'm like a fucking pit bull going through the house. Like the kids are sleeping. All right, then I go back in. I'm like, all right, let me. See, see you check on. the doors, relock the doors, make sure. Nah, I got my alarm on and shit. I make sure the alarm's still on okay. and, and whatnot, and then I'm good. But. It's one of those things, you know? I'm like, oh, what if they're going to fall off the bed? I don't know. But uh, really quick, not to put them on the spot, wh- where were you last night in training? Where were you in practice? Uh, I didn't see this. I saw him. Uh, look, look at him. Look at him. I, this, his fight's a little... He's fighting, by the way. Uh, tell, tell us when you're fighting and who you're fighting. I'm fighting December 9th in, uh, UFC, at UFC Albany. I'm fighting Rafael Sunsell. He's ranked number three in the world right now. What are you ranked now? Ranked eighth. Okay. Soon to be number one. 
Damn, but, right. Um, you're on your right path. I mean, you're fighting a fucking tough guy. He is a very tough guy. What was his last I think fight? This puts me right back. He fought TJ, UFC he 200. Did, yes. Yeah, we okay. were there for that. That's right. Yeah. It was a close fight. I mean, nothing too impressive. I don't think anything that I haven't seen before. So I'm excited about this. I think it's a good stylistic matchup for me. Okay. I like the sparring. What's Marab's last name? We got this tough Georgian that ah. trains with us. That's gonna. He's bound to be in Davis the UFC. Shilly? Say it, Gazuntite. What is it? <laughs> what is it? Davishili? Marab. Davishili, something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's a tough, we got this tough little Georgian man. He's a, this kid's a. And by Georgian, you mean like Russian, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not from, not, not, right. not uh, you know. Down you don't south. hear Georgia talked about in a country since yeah. ever, except maybe I, in MMA. Exactly. I mean, it's that dude, I don't know, man. I don't know how they're raising him over there, but. The guys that got training with me are just fucking tough as hell, man. Because it's cold there, so they have to fucking over in, over in the Soviet. It's cold, so that's why they're great chess players and uh, yeah. any in, any type of indoor shit. They're awesome, at. man. This kid, this kid's tough. He's a great sparring partner. Him and him and Aljo have some sparring that are their sparring is uh, UFC worthy. Really? Oh yeah, yeah it's fun to watch. It's fun Non-stop. to watch, man. Non-stop. Because that guy's a little Terminator, and Aljo's like fucking Nightcrawler. He bane or Nightcrawler is. You ever see the X Men? You know I'm a man child. He's the one that bamps. Like he he disappears, teleports, and he's on your back. He teleports. Wait, is he the one that was uh, who he was really fast? And uh, in the in the X Men movie recently, he was running around the bullets. No, but that's, that's fucking like Quicksilver. Awesome. Right? That was Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was a very very. Cool I'm good scene. with the. I'm good with nerd trivia. Chris is making motions right now to well, Aljo. Well, he wants Aljo to be honest. If that was Cowboy Cerrone, he would have fucking probably punched Chris in the face. That's true. Remember when Cowboy was in here and Chris goes to the, you know, kind of get closer and now Boy gave him some shit? Yeah. Right? What did he say to you? Yeah, he kind of, he was like, not my first time. And I was like, all right. Not my first time, Sorry, he yeah. says. Yeah. Aljo's a really nice guy. He's but, not going to say But you want to make sure that people can hear you too because then you, the listeners can play. I'll, we couldn't I'll, hear Aljo. It's true. But I'll tell you right yeah. now, he does a couple more of those and he starts doing, Aljo's going to do a flying arm lock right <laughs> now. I'm only kidding. I'd be Chris. fine with that. You're safe. Don't let Aljo smile fool you. He's a fucking killer. Yeah, oh, so by the, the way, I'm sorry. Smile always I are. don't want to get him off the hook, though. Where, where were you last night? I don't want to put you on the spot see, in front of everybody. See, I know you're training hard, yeah, but we, I didn't see you in class last night, so it makes me worry, and I wanted to bring that up to you on air. Where were you? Well, Did long, you have a date? Long story you're a short, we had a, we had a uh, tough day on Monday for training, so okay. um, we got offered tickets to the on uh, the Jersey Devils game. What the f- Wait, hold on. I don't, don't want to talk about this. VIP tickets. I don't want to talk about this on air. Because you got you got uh, Sansel right now in the fucking in some dungeon oh, in I Brazil. My, I trained I trained Train. I trained in the morning before right. I left. Okay, good. And then right. we did some. You drill- got me worried for a second. No, no, we did some drilling after that. Hit pads with Ray, then we did some drilling. All right. And then so you were by, we when were you went to, to this fucking hockey game, you were you were sore already. Yeah, I'm still I'm barely walking right now. My legs are killing me. You sore? Yeah, lifting lifting a little too heavy. We have to dial that back a little bit. Hi, sore. I'm Zeus. <laughs> Dude, my fault. I hate that joke. My fucking. Some of my somebody's like, yo, I'm sore. He goes, hi, sore. I'm Zeus. It's a bad joke. My father fucking says, and I always tell myself I'm not gonna say it. How can you not? It's fucking. It's now crazy. I'm gonna say it. That's the problem. It's like I'm, the fucking. It's like I the saw, ring. You made me watch the video. <laughs> oh, by the way, I was gonna call you, Jimmy. Um, sure. After the last one, remember I had, I had stomach problems. Actually, do you remember? It's probably every time I'm here, but uh, I had some stomach trouble. Okay. The last time I was here, and. Uh, I get on the Long Island Railroad, you know, because I commute. Sure. And uh, I get into that. And I don't usually use those bathrooms because they're, it's a hit or a miss. It's usually a miss. They could be nasty. But I found, thank goodness, I found one that was decent. It was all right. It wasn't nasty. There was nothing on the seats. And I had to, and I had to take care of business, you know. So I sit in there and, uh, you know, I got my little, my little earplugs, my little, like, you know, earbud <laughs> things. So I got those in. I was actually watching uh, Joe Rogan, uh, one of his podcasts. I don't know. I, I, I go on 
like sometimes I go on YouTube and I see the clips, or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever. So I'm watching something about the pyramids or something. You know, he's got interesting shit on there, and uh, I noticed, and it says just like you're in a, a bathroom in the in the plane. You know, it says the door is locked. It says it. It says yeah. it in red fucking writing. Door is locked. So I felt comfortable, you know, sitting on there and and you know checking my phone. But I'm not, you know, I'm minding my business, going to the bathroom, and I feel somebody try to get in. So, you know, and, and it happened twice. I go, oh, you know, but then I don't like the, t- it's always awkward. But, you know, after the second, you know, jerk, I'm like, you know, occupied. You know, I did one of those. <laughs> so then, you know, I feel I'm safe, Jimmy. Sure. Dude, now think about the worst possible fucking time. The door opened up. The guy opened up the door. And now think about the worst possible time. <laughs> per worst time. For the fucking door to open up when you're doing a number two or after, right after. For me, it would be when I'm wiping my ass with my foot propped up on the bowl. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, that's a visual. And I'm not going to confirm that was what happened, but it was fucking a very bad time for that door to open. And I scarred somebody because yeah. they fucking shut that thing. I, I looked up and I, <laughs> they fucking shut it. Thank God it was. Thank, I mean, usually girls don't take times on the train, but how, and you know. Very embarrassing. But I, you know what's weird though? I wasn't very. <laughs> it's a very embarrassing situation. But yet, why am I not embarrassed? Cause here's why: because you're a fucking guy. I don't like, give a you're, shit. You're not. You don't. You you can you can shit anywhere. <laughs> Somebody would be mortified by that. Nah, but that's you want. You're just one of those dudes. You can shit I anywhere. I admire that. I can't. I'm the. I have to be like in my hotel. I got to be nude. Like I'm a fucking creep. Yeah. Like, I admire the fact you can just dump out anywhere you got to go. You can yeah. shit. That's so I didn't want to. I really didn't want to start this. We got to get a reading. I know, I know we do, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna follow that up with a shit story on a plane. Okay. I was on a small plane one time, and this motherfucker, this guy was in the toilet for so long. Oh, no. The flight attendant came it was like a you know like one of those uh, you know 30 seaters yeah the flight attendant came back and is knocking on the door and we were both knocking on the door and this guy finally came out he was hysteric so he might have been praying like sometimes he because it was like way too long to be shitting it was like literally Wait, 15 minutes that's not good. so sometimes he might have been in there doing his prayers or whatever yeah but uh you know we do have to do a quick read so we'll do that so, so what happened I, I just went in and pissed. It's a terrible story. <laughs> I'll never have a chance to tell that story again. It's the only time it segued in from your it's, train story. It did. Story. I, I shouldn't have started. You, you never start a podcast love with the number two story. No, because then the whole show is going to be shit stories. I'm sure Aljo's got some. I'm sure Chris <laughs> yeah, yeah. has a bunch. My main thing is you got to make sure you lay out the toilet with the toilet paper. No, that's that's, that's got to be a, gotta, That should be a given, no? Or yeah. you squat on it. Unless you're a fucking, you know. Unless you got strong legs. Yeah. Just hold, <laughs> just hold the position. Well, you don't want, you know, the thing is, you don't want to get, the problem is, is especially if you splash on your underwear. Yeah. Now, I mean, we all wear underwear. I mean, I do, you do. Uh, but now I do. Most of us do. Uh, it's time to try something better, you silly geese. MeUndies has created the world's most comfortable underwear with a blend of fabric that is three times softer than cotton, twice as soft as cotton. Who cares? Three times as softer. Now you've got me listening. Now, when you feel awesome from the inside out, guess Tell what? Me. Tell me. You look awesome from the outside in. What? When you upgrade your undies game, everyone wins. Life feels better in me undies. I, I've said this before. My package looks so good in me undies. I can't stop looking at my package in me undies. It's very, it's very uneventful in real life, too. So I'm going to get sued for bait and switch eventually. <laughs> I slide them down. Like, what happened to that thing? Where'd it go? It's like a, an illusion. 
And they have tons of colors and patterns from classic to bold to adventurous. The only brand that has matching pairs for men and women. So you can both look, you know, with which normally for me, that's yellow in the front, brown in the back. <laughs> Come on, Jim, cut it out. All orders in the U.S. and Canada do ship free. Now, if you don't love your first pair, first of all, you're a dope. Second of all, you're going to love them. MeUndies is going to pay you back and you can keep them for free. No questions asked. I mean, you can't lose. The only way you cannot win is to not order this. Uh, stop being so lazy. For a limited time, MeUndies is offering 20% off your first order at MeUndies.com slash UFC. You got to put slash UFC because Matt and I are on our way out. And to keep our jobs, we have to get people to buy these products. Am I right or wrong? You're 100% right. We have mortgages to pay. If you don't love your first pair, it's free. You have no excuses not to try my favorite underpants. Make sure you go to MeUndies.com slash UFC to get 20% off your first order. And use the link here. I don't like to say my link. It's our link. So they know that we sent you. It's at MeUndies.com slash UFC. Wow. This is UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Serra. You know about Lyft, right? It's the app that gets you ride minutes on demand 24-7 for less than the cost of a cab. Now, if you've tried Lyft, and it's spelled L-Y-F-T, you know what I mean. With Lyft, you download the app, you request a driver, they show up, and about three and a half minutes is the average. That's really, really fast. Now, every Lyft driver is fully vetted through their 10-point safety standard, including criminal and DMV background checks. You know you're going to get around quickly and, more importantly, safely. Lyft drivers are rated after every ride, so they only, only the best stick around. So if you get a lousy rating... <laughs> You're out. You're out, Tom. Maybe I could help. Uh, With Lyft, you can tip in the app, which obviously leads to happier drivers because they know they're going to get a tip. No, I mean 9 out of 10 Lyft rides get a 5-star rating from the passenger. It's just a better all-around experience. Bigger is not always better. Lyft isn't the biggest ride-sharing app, but it's the fastest growing, and it is the highest rated. Now, I'm talking quality over quantity. Now, thanks to Lyft, you've got an easy way to avoid drunk driving. You have, uh, never have to bum a ride. And if you're a woman and there's a creepy guy, who maybe you're on a date. Perhaps he took you to, to a place for spaghetti or some other repulsive dinner. And you've had a little wine, and you think he's going to try to take advantage of you. I'll drop you off. No, you won't, scuzzo. Because now I'm going to use Lyft and you get home safely without that creeper. Right now, Lyft is offering our listeners a special deal. Get three free rides up to $10 each. That's up to a $30 value when you enter promo code UNFILTERED. Just download the free Lyft app today and enter promo code UNFILTERED in the payment section. You're going to start with three free rides up to 10 bucks each. That's up to a $30 value. Promo code UNFILTERED. Aljo's recently a single guy. He's been. He's been. Uh, Were you married or did you get a girlfriend? No, he was in dead. Aljo. Oh, um, you know, not married. Okay. <laughs> well, how long are you dating your girlfriend for? Like five and a half years. See that? Oh, so he's it's a like wild, set. Man. It's like the uh, Mitchell Palooza where they set him back into the wild. Yeah. yeah how we, long have you been we single? Still, we still talk. Oh, uh, you but know. you know, <laughs> girlfriend or ex. You guys still talk. We still talk. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you want to get back? I don't know, man. We're you know just. Trying to figure things out. I got a lot of things on my plate. And right. We discussed that. And I'm young, man. How old are you? I'm really trying to capitalize on my career at this point. And I, there's just been a lot of ups and downs with, with any professional athlete in a relationship, I think. And um, I just don't need the extra burden. You know, when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it can be really bad, of course. I know are you, you mid-20s? Probably, I'm 27. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I eventually want to settle down. But, you know, at the same time, want to capitalize on this short window yeah. that I have, you know? And I got a lot going on with my parents, so there's a 
big divorce and kids involved. Oh. So there's a lot. There's a lot going on there. I to, just to you get a lot on your plate, and it's it's hard to train and keep yourself focused and, and concentrating with it's all a lot. this shit it's, in the personal life. You know how many brothers and sisters he has? No. Tell him. Nineteen. It's a big yeah. family. That's a huge family. That's one of the yeah. biggest I've ever. That's like the, the what are they called the the the, du- the Duggars uh, the family the uh, who's the family that's uh, on TLC. <laughs> I don't fucking know the, the Duggars. Duggars. Are they the Duggars or the Duggar family? Yeah, oh. they're the Duggar family. Yeah, they have like the nineteen. Oh, hello. Is this Rashad? Hey, what's up? Hey, buddy. It's Jim Norton and Matt Sarah and uh, Aljo Sterling. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Very well. Where are you, buddy? I am. In Boca. Oh, you're in Boca right now. Okay, so do you have the Run day time. off or do you got to train? No, I got to train. No, no days off, man. No days off. What's up, Rashad? It's Matt, man. Hey, How are you, up? buddy? You're doing That's a lot of fucking... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It's my buddy. We were we did the, the Fox Analyst work together. Like, oh, you did? Time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did yeah, that. In every word, he was like, did I cuss? He cussed so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. It just like slips out. I get so... Listen, I, I was telling him earlier, you are so good on that, and, and so is DC, and... And uh, I like Eves Edwards too. You guys are doing great with that. I, I always, Dominic Cruz is a great. Yeah, job he's a too. great one, man. All you guys are so good with that, and you enjoy it, don't you? Enjoy that? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I you do, do love, love it. it. I didn't. I did it's, not it's, love it's, it. It's a, it's a, you know what? It's a different kind of stress. It's like you know what to say, you know what you want to say, but then you don't want to sound like an idiot as you're saying it, and then you got to think on the fly too, <laughs> and then you got to remember everything you research because some of these fighters you really don't know enough about to actually. You know, you got you got to kind of. It's it's very challenging to try to fit in information, but not too much information, and not trying to sound like an idiot when you're doing it. And that's an interesting point you made too, because when when you're talking about a fighter or a fight, do you find yourself like trying really hard just to be honest about what you know? Like I never want to sound like I'm trying to sound like I know more than I do, so I'm really just trying to be honest. And it's hard sometimes if you don't know enough about a fighter to speak about it when you have to speak about it. Yeah, it, I mean, it's easier to do, um, like, if, if I watch a fight and they do a fight, and then I can, you know, give my honest opinion then. But, you know, going into it prior, it's kind of hard to be like, well, you know, this guy's, you know, really to uh, express what his weaknesses are. And sometimes, most of the time, you really can't express their weaknesses before the fight because what you, your job is to build the fight. Your job is to make it so that, this is a fight that people want to see. Yeah, or if you, I guess if you're going to talk about the negative quality, the only way you can make that good is if you're somehow tying it into the strengths of the other guy and then can reverse the process and do the same thing. You need a job being an analyst, bro, because that's basically what you got to do. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really good at theorizing and how to do it to actually doing it. I'm shit, but I'm really good at theorizing <laughs> from the outside. <laughs> And plus, you got that yeah. earpiece in and someone telling you to rap when you're in the middle of a thought. I don't know if it's my ADD, but... I was like, oh my, I, it's the, I don't need that stress. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and, that's, and that's the thing about it. Like a lot of people don't understand when they're watching on TV, you have somebody in your ear oh, yeah. talking to you sometimes. And, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're talking in general conversation and then somebody speaks, it's your general, it, it's just automatic for you to stop. You know what I'm saying? Even though they interrupt you, it's automatic to stop. And even if they, you don't stop in your mind, you almost kind of forget what you're going to say your next point if you were really listening to what they were saying to you. So when they do it to you on TV, your initial response is to kind of stop and like answer back to say yes, 
but you got to keep on talking and maintain your 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 flow without even missing a beat. Well, I found that absolutely brutal when I was doing it, and you <laughs> and listen, I was doing it with you, and I felt we had a good time. Well, you know, we had no, we did good. Yeah. I, I thought that was a really good show that we did. No, it was. We, I got they got the wig for me for Mike Pyle. I put on the I had a mullet. And we, <laughs> you know, we had, see, I like the little skits and stuff like that. That was fun as hell. But when you're going yeah. live. And I remember once we were practicing, and I went, and we didn't go live yet. And I said "fuck," and then everybody's like, "All right," and they're like, "Yo, you can't say that on air." You and, and they were so stressed, like, "Oh my god, yeah, what if a fuck flies out?" I was worried. Yeah. Did, you, did you see? Did you see? Um, the uh, the hurt business. No, the what hurt is, business? What is that? A, a documentary? Yes, a documentary. You were in the documentary. Remember when uh, I was filming the documentary and they came in? The day that you were working with me that day. Oh, fuck. And they got you with the blunt. Yeah, you were in that movie. Yeah. Uh, well, now I'm definitely watching it. Where, where do I get this? Not that I wouldn't watch it if it was just your gig, but uh, your thing. But where, where is that? I can see that. It's not out yet. It, it, they had one showing in the movie theater about uh, about a month ago. Oh, well, that's why and I knew. That's why the, I didn't yeah. see it. Yeah, now now the DVD sales are probably going to come out within the next couple weeks. And how do but people go? Really good. How do they go to get that? Um, Her business has a... Uh, and Instagram is at Hurt Business, okay. and then it should let you know like when it's going to uh, when it's going to come out. But honestly, it had everyone in it, and it was probably one of the best MMA documentaries I've seen ever. To be honest, it, it really it really talked about the sport from you know all different levels. You know, from from the you know the making money aspect to the injury part, which a lot of us haven't really got to yet, but now we're starting to see it as a yeah. as a first generation oh. are starting to enter that that older age, you know, with the Gary Goodridge's and stuff like yeah, that, 100%. and Don Fries. Yeah. We're starting to see, you know, the, the the repercussions of of what the sport actually does and the toll on the body. So it, it was interesting to see that point of view, and uh, they did they did a really good job with it. It's the people who did uh, Generation Iron. Oh, so and, and, it's a really yeah. You guys got to check it out. Definitely, and not and not to be a prick. And I was plugged in. And I, I, no, that's good. I want you to plug it, especially since I'm in it. And not that I would do this because I want to watch the whole thing. But if I had the phone to where I'm at, <laughs> <laughs> I'm such an asshole. I'm only kidding. But but seriously, is it like the first twenty minutes? So now I'm gonna watch the whole thing. I can't wait. Go ahead, no, guys. Yeah. I've watched you. myself in documentaries. All we think about is when are they going to get back to me? Why am I watching these lame assholes oh, talk about things? Kid. Why do I got to be so truthful and be an asshole? No, it's what people oh, think. Man. Let's talk about this fucking fight, man. Because let me tell you, Rashad, right. um, we're, we're psyched. Uh, and how do you feel about fighting for the first on the card for the first time ever in MS MSG? That's, that's and exciting. in middleweight. Exactly. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm, I'm excited to just be on this card, you know. And that's that's one thing when, when, I, when, I, uh, when, I, when I took this fight. Um, you know, I, I know that, you know, things haven't been really popping right now for me as far as, you know, uh, my career and everything like that. But I was just happy to be on this card and be on there with a bunch of killers and just like, you know, be a part of something so huge. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm on the prelims. Just, that's just, this just to show how stacked the card is that I'm on the prelims. I've never been on the prelims in my life. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's, uh, uh, it's an amazing thing. And, and just being able to be on the first card in New York at Madison Square Garden. And I've never even been in a building before. I've never been to Madison Square Garden. So it's just, I'm just, I'm just over, overly overjoyed by it. Well, you know, of, of the losses you've had recently, three, three of the four have been unanimous decisions. So it's not like you're going in there and, and fighting terribly. It's just, you know, you're, just, you're, you're losing the, the decision. What do you, uh, what do you uh, think is happening? 
Um, you know, I, I think for the most part, um, to be honest, if, if at one point I was so just really, really focused on fighting and that's all I was doing and, you know, everything just revolved around fighting and making sure I was, you know, steady growing. But then I got to the point where I was doing really well and it was kind of effortless because all the work I put in before. So then, you know, life kind of took over and just different aspects of my life started to really pull me away from just that same that mindset that got me to where I was at and really got me to, you know, um, you know, to, 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 to being the name that people come to know, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, got a divorce, started a new relationship, you know, had another kid and all these different things add weight on. And you don't really feel it at the time because, you know, you're going through it. And as you're going through it, you know, life is life, but slowly and slowly you start to get pulled away from what got you to where you are. You know what I'm saying? And it takes a while and and it takes a lot of soul searching and just kind of being honest with yourself to be like, listen, this is what I need to get back to. You know, I don't, I don't know if I've found the answer, but I will tell you one thing. I'm enjoying the process a lot more and I'm enjoying, um, being more of a student and just really getting back to my, uh, my roots of dedication of just giving it to the sport and dropping to 185 is a perfect thing for me because now for the first time, I really, really got to make sure that I do everything correctly as far as, you know, taking care of my weight. So I'm running all the time. I'm doing all the things I, I have to do that coincidentally is what I did in order to get to where I am right now. So what, what, what motivated the really drop, Sherrod, uh, Rashad? What was what was the what was the uh, the motivation for the drop? Was it your idea or did somebody suggest it? No, it, it was my. I've, I've been flirting around with the idea for years now. You know, I would say it, and uh, I never was the biggest light heavyweight. You know, I'll come in maybe uh, five to ten pounds at the most. You know, on fight week, and when meanwhile my competition was coming in fifteen to twenty pounds heavy, so they were cutting a lot more. Meaning, once they eat. Once they make weight and they eat, they're going to bounce back up Right. at least that high. For me, I was still so low. So even after I made weight, I was still coming in on fight day really low, probably like, you know, maybe maybe 215 at the heaviest. That's at the heaviest. And that's if I ate, you know, really good on fight day. Sometimes I go into the cage, I'm like 210. And, you know, when you're in there and you're going, you don't really feel it, but at the same time, I don't have that, like, I didn't have that, that like, get over here strength. I'm a slam motherfucker if, if I got a hold of him. You know what I'm saying? And that's what, that's what I was missing. And I feel like it had to do a lot with just the weight and, and how strong I was and my size for that weight class, you know? So I had to really make a change. And um, just having new competition, having to feel like the new kid on the block and having to earn my way through another division, and, you know, pretty much just reinvent myself was my motivation to really want to do it. Now, the guys like, uh, you know, you, you train Anthony Johnson, one of your uh, the guys you train with. You know, is, is somebody like him a motivation to uh, to move to middleweight too? Like, I mean, nobody wants to have to deal with that guy. Yeah, I mean, not because I have to compete with them, but, I mean, just because, um, you know, we, we were on, you know, providing that I would have, you know, won the fight with Glover, and I would have, and, and I would have, let's say I would have been nothing but impressive ever since I came back from an injury. Now all of a sudden, the conversation is, well, you know, you and Anthony, it just becomes 
what happens next. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I already haven't gone through that experience with Keith Jardine and, you know, uh, with, with John Jones and me and them eventually fighting. It just becomes a stress and it becomes something that everyone's talking about. And after a while, it just kind of like it's, it's a big elephant in the room, you know, and then training gets weird. And then the guy doesn't, you know, want to be a training partner as much anymore. And then you can tell when he's looking at you, he's kind of looking at you a little bit differently. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> there's a lot of different dynamics when, when you have somebody in your weight class and you guys are both at the top level because in your mind and your opponent, in his mind, somebody's got to go. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to say it, you know, because yeah. you're brothers, you guys train together, but it's like, hey, somebody, somebody's got to go. And you look at um... – you look at what the drop in weight did to uh, the champ, Michael Bisping. I mean, I was there live when you bested him. Is that a word? It is. I like I saying that. I know you like that. I love saying that. Uh, when you, when you uh, had a nice fight with, <laughs> with, uh, with Bisping at, at, at 205. And, uh, hey, man, now he's the champ. And and that I don't know what that does for you mentally. That must that probably no. helps you. You say he's the champ at two hundred five, or you no, mean one eighty? No, now he's the oh, champ sorry. at one eighty five. Yeah, did yeah that right. it, it does Clear help a lot, man. And you know the thing the thing with Bisping, and that's so why I'm like so impressed about what he's done is because you know he's been a journeyman fighter for for his whole career. He's been a guy who was always very tough, and guys you know, walked out of the fight with him with a different respect. Even if they beat him, they walked out with a different respect because watching him, watching him on film and just, you know, watching him uh, compete, you don't get that sense of how good he really is until you actually get into the cage with him. And to watch him finally, you know, get a chance to not only fight for the belt, but then win it, I was just so happy for him. And it did inspire me because this is a guy who's, been through so much to get to where he is right now and he never gave up on himself even when people did and he still found a way to get it done and he said very nice you know things about Rashad didn't he what's that he said very nice things about Rashad too I think uh I, yeah I believe he did I and that did. just shows you the perseverance man it, I mean in this game I mean this game is made for the comeback and that's another thing that should be really motivating to, to to yourself i mean i remember there's more than once that i had back-to-back losses where i'm like man they could have went the other way and i'd have a different record and and there's always that extra yeah. pressure when you have those losses but listen you're always one punch away one fight away from just being right back in the in the mix you know that's what's I so mean, exciting you won, about this you you won the, you won the world title off of the show the comeback <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was that was uh you know the platform when you came back from the ultimate fighter and you became world champion i mean that's but, but you're absolutely right. It is, it is about that. It is about that, you know, making making that that rise again when people think that you're done, you know. And it's so funny because, we, you know, we watched uh, Robbie Lawler, who's had a very, you know, very experienced and very tough career where he had very a lot of ups and downs in, in, his, in his career. But then he hit a stride at the right time, and then he was just unstoppable for a while. You know what I'm saying? Apart from the fight... With, with Tyron, he was looking like he was just going to be that next guy who pretty much pulls away from the competition as far as beating everybody. And, you know, that's very motivating. And for Brice Verdun, when, when he left the UFC, he was like, oh, yeah, he, he's not really good. But then he comes back and he becomes world champion. So, you you know, there is that, that, that chance for renewal in a sport like makes martial arts. And I believe all those hardships, all those fights that didn't go your way contribute to where these guys are now. And then the same thing goes for you, you know, but if shit doesn't go right, 
I mean, look, <clears throat> like I, I, I always go back to the same story, but I had a rough night where I lost to Carol Parisian. When, I mean, hey, man, if I would have won that fight, I think I would have had a title shot way too soon. And then I ended up losing, worst night ever, and it led to that ultimate fight of the comeback show, and then that led to good shit for me. And it's just, it's amazing the way the... Um, the way it just unfolds, you know? But I think all those experiences, they do pay off for you, man. All that cage no, experience. I, I, I definitely agree, man. And that's and that's what I've been feeling more than anything. Like, I used to get so, um, just just so in my own head about, you know, I, I have to win this fight, and this has to be this, and this has to be this. And, you know, so so much about the results of everything that I kind of, I kind of, um, would, would give myself too much anxiety about about it. You know what I'm saying? Because I I had to trust the fact that whatever has happened in the past and it you know sucked and I get you know my depression after I lose, it all it all works out. It all works out no matter what. You know what I'm saying? There's not a loss that I had that I can't come back from. You know, and it, and it's and it's from going through that experience to help me to understand that I can still go out there and compete. I can win, I can lose, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to be less of a man if I lose. And freeing myself of that mindset has allowed me to enjoy this sport a lot more. Would you go through depression after you lost? Oh fuck yeah, I would get go through depression. And what it, it'd be it it'd be it'd be bad. Like I I will go I will go through depression just like you know, because you know, I, I take care of my family with this, and you know, it's just like, well, if I can't, if I'm, if if I can't win, then what am I going to do? Because then, what if I lose my job? Then I got Then I start worrying, and stressing about that. Now, not only from from just a security standpoint, but just like self worth. Like, I never want to be the guy who started to identify themselves as. The fighter. I never wanted to become Sugar Rashad Evans. I always wanted to maintain being Rashad Evans. But some, some, somehow along the way, through doing good in the sport, getting patted on the back, and all those things that happened, with just being part of the sport, you you, you tend to um, you tend to lose sight of that. You tend to lose sight of uh, of the real you. So when you lose a fight, or when I lost a fight, I really got. I really got injured. You know what I'm saying? I, it was a really, it was a really a, a bad thing uh, to the point where I couldn't get past it because it was my ego that was hurting me more than anything. You know, and it's because I allowed myself to become too identified with Rashad the fighter, not more Rashad the person. Right. If if everything you feel about yourself is tied into your job, whatever your job is, when there's something wrong with the job, you know, everything you feel about yourself just goes down the toilet. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, it really because there really was no escaping it because even though I was Rashad the person, I still I couldn't even entertainment was hard because I couldn't really go on my phone because people they want to talk about it. They're some kind of way they'll bring it up, and I'm just like, oh man, and I couldn't go on social media because then everyone's talking, everyone's talking shit. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got something to say, and it just and it just kind of just feeds it. You know, one thing that I I've learned that helped me to get over. Just that, that the sadness and, and the feeling you get after losing a fight that you, you know, uh, just disappointed in is I have to train. I have to train myself through it. Like afterwards, I'll take like maybe a day or two off, and then I'll just train my ass off for probably like 
a month and a half until that feeling went away. Yeah, you use you know, it as, as as like a therapy. You use it as yes, yeah. yeah I, I need it. Like after I got knocked out by Glover to share, I got knocked out in less like a minute and a half, and I'm just like overwhelmingly embarrassed, and then just more importantly, just disappointed because this was the fight. That was the fight. That was the fight. Mm. I was going to come back and I was going to show the world that I'm still, I still got it, and you know they slept on me and everything else like that. And that was the fight. And I went and shit the bed, and I'm like. Fuck. You know what I'm saying? I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't wrap my mind around it because in my head, I just knew I was going to win the fight. So you, and it that disappointment just made me sick. What's good, man, now let me tell you, 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 worked with, uh, you worked with Tim Kennedy before. I know you did some sparring with him. You worked with him before. Uh, how does that feel? Do you like it better that you got it? Man, I got a feel for the guy. Or do you feel I'd rather not have worked with him at all because he got a feel for me? Or does it even make a difference to you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the fact that I got a feel for him, you know, because I kind of, I kind of got an idea of, of his rhythm of, yeah. of fighting, you know, and, and, and what he likes to do. You know, I, I remember, you know, he, he, um, you know, we trained together, uh, I think it was for like a couple camps or maybe one camp he came down and he was like one of my main training partners for a, a few sessions, but it was really hard cause he was always traveling back and forth, but you know, Tim, Tim, Tim and I were really cool, man. We were, we were really, uh, you know, I, I had a lot of respect for Tim, you know, just for what he's done alone, just from uh, a service standpoint for this country. Um, but him and I, we were, we were really cool. And um, he would, he would give me a lot of good work, but I remember, I remember his whole style. I remember his rhythm and, and I am glad that I have it, but he also remembers me. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much what this fight's going to break down to is that who, has gotten better in the areas when we were apart. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, when when we were going together, he he was more or less like a, uh, you know, a, I, I guess, a training partner. So for him, I don't think he was, he was really giving it his all like he would as if it was, you know, um, like if it was him going through camp. So uh, we got some good work. And, and um, you know, I, I was kind of, I was kind of disappointed to see he's trying to like lightweight talk shit to me, you know, saying like, Oh, Rashad, you know, he asked for me, he asked me, I'm like, look, dude, we're in a fight business. This is what we do. This is how we eat. You know what I'm saying? I love to fight. This is, I love it. I don't choose it because I hate it. I love to fight. I make money doing this. If the UFC comes to me and say, Hey, uh, you want to fight such and such. If he's not like a really, really close friend of mine and, and like, we're not teammates then yeah, I'm going to fight you. It's just what we do. We fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just the business. That's what we do. We fight. What we happens when I don't respect you, we just fight. What, what happens when it's two guys who are like, like when it was um, uh, Overeem Arlovsky, where they were, they were training to get this one guy have to go, okay, I'm going to leave the gym for a few months? I, I would think so. I, I would think so because, you know, when you have two people in the same camp training, it fragments, fragments the gym because what what you're going to see is that some people will go on this side and some people go on the other side. And on one side, you're going to be like, oh, okay, well, he's with Alistair. So in your mind, you're never going to be able to get over that. Even though the fight may happen, it's done and over with, you're always going to remember when it came down to it who was on the other side. And you're like, That's wow, true. That That's so true, you know? man. That is so true. <laughs> 
That is so true. That's true in like everything, like as far as yeah. <laughs> competing. We had like an in-school jiu-jitsu tournament when I first started jiu-jitsu. And I remember it was an in-school tournament. And this is what's not so good about those, you know. So I'm, go- I'm going versus a buddy of mine. And his and guys, I felt, well, my buddies in class, they're rooting for the other guy. And I'm like, you bricks. And that's just a jiu-jitsu tournament. Right. So it's like, <laughs> you know, when, when you're fighting, I'll never forget. I was with uh, Forrest Griffin. And I was I was um, interviewing him for a show that I, I I used to do. I forgot the fuck it was called. If I get, but uh, I'd visit them for camps. So I'm out to eat with him, and I found out that he wanted fucking. He was rooting for Frank Trigg when I had to go fight Frank Trigg. And nobody likes Frank Trigg. I go, what are you serious? You're fucking yeah, rooting man. against. I was so upset, <laughs> Rashad. I was so upset because I like Forrest, and he's like, oh, you know, so I don't want to ruin your day. I go, but you were rooting for me to get my ass kicked. It's it, it's rough, it, you know. It's like something you shouldn't let bother you, but damn it, for some reason it, it bothers you because, it, it, you know, a fight's a fight, and, and, like, here's the thing that makes fight different than any other sport. At one point, the person who you're fighting is trying to really hurt you. Like, oh. not trying to win, but they're trying to hurt you. Yes. So with that, it kind of changes it from being a sport. From a, You know what I'm saying? It kind of changes it from being a sport. So... Even though you may hug and kiss afterwards, there's always that piece of you that always remembers, like, you know what? This guy was really trying to hurt me. You know what I'm saying? So when someone goes on that side of the guy who's really trying to hurt you, it kind of it, 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 it pisses you off a bit. So by definition, they're rooting for a guy to hurt you. To kick your ass. That's what yeah. I told Forrest. Yeah. I go, you wanted me to get my ass kicked. He goes, no, I wanted Frank <laughs> to win. I go, how's he going to win? By beating me up, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> but yeah. Somebody on Twitter yeah. said to me, because I, I said, Matt is just a New York guy. And somebody on Twitter went, yeah, he really is a fucking New York guy. Dude, the way you think, it's great. No, but it's true though. Rashad's saying the right thing. I know. You know, I and this is rough. I don't know how you it works with you with the analyst work, but I almost feel bad. Like I remember when people used to pick against me when I was fighting, and I would take it very personal. Yeah. I would. I'd be like, "Yo, fuck you." I'd be like, "Yo, yeah. I'm gonna get my ass kicked, dude." Fuck you. I'd be so. Yeah. And now I'm that guy. You know, I got listen, Rashad. I got three kids. I gotta and this, listen. Now they're now I'm in a position where I have to pick sometimes. So what am I gonna do? Know. You know, well, fuck. That, that, that's the hard thing for me being an analyst is yeah. the fact that I do gotta go on record and pick against some people that I actually really like. That's the thing. You know, but I'm, I'm friends with everybody, but sometimes <laughs> I can tell people kind of give me that look like, oh, yeah, Rashad, he's a fucking dick. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because he thinks against me. And they remember it. They remember it. Now, and, like, I, I've long forgotten that I've even said that, but they remember it because maybe somebody they know told them about it, and they just net, like they just end up hating me for it. But it's just like, well, it's part of my job. I, I, have, I mean, people do, it for, people do it to me, so it's just what what happens man but it's funny because i go on the internet and if somebody says something really nasty or like they always do i screenshot it and i keep it so on the days i don't feel like doing shit and when i tell myself i've done enough and i feel like you know it's really hard to motivate myself i just read i just read it oh that's good use it for motivation that's good yeah me i'm not that mature i erase it and then i always forget shit so i always forget i delete (laughs) i i block them immediately i erase their shit and then i forget what they said how many minutes later because that's i got a memory of a fucking uh whatever (laughs) called the opposite of a goldfish i guess goldfish have shitty memories yes that's like me they say (laughs) i think i I might have to start blocking people man oh you never block people before i never block anybody amazing 
<laughs> it feels good. You like it's banish it's them. It's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. I love to block people. I love it. Do you I love mean, to say one last thing to them and then just block them. Exactly. That's what I'm denied. <laughs> Do you ever get uh, email? I got an email today, actually. Somebody requesting I unblock them. Because in the heat of things, people say shitty things. Yeah. And I'll usually yeah. go back and unblock them. Um, a couple people have blocked twice. <laughs> you know, I have a lot of mentally ill fans, but you know, once in a while, uh, you know, you get the email. And if they're taking the time to email and go, please unblock me. I'm sorry about what I said. I'll usually unblock them. But it is fun to do. You're right. <laughs> I've never unblocked anybody. I've never unblocked one person yet. Have they requested it, though? Have you gotten emails requesting it? Um, my, it doesn't go to my email. It goes to my manager, so I'm sure they probably did, but I don't. I will never unblock any. Well, I can't say I never, but I just haven't. Yeah, Rashad has a one strike in your out policy. Man, you don't play games. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, because re- here's, here's the situation. Like, I like to be a positive person. I'm always happy and joking around and stuff like that. But if I if I start getting too much of that crap in my mind, then it really starts to mess with my Like, it really bothers me. That, that's just the truth. I hate to say it, but the shit bothers me, man. And if I if I let too much of it in my life, it just started just, like, I'll be fucking in the pissy mood. So I'm like, why would I give someone that much access to me? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Yeah, it's, kind, it's kind of my love-hate relationship with social media. Like, I kind of, I love it because it's entertainment, but at the same time, I kind of I kind of hate it in a sense because I feel like it's, it's ruining society in a bit. You know what I'm saying? So it kind of, it's a love-hate thing. You know, it's funny. There was a great a comedian named Patrice O'Neal. Uh, I don't know if you know who he was. He, he died, but he, he had a really funny and, and smart bit about how years ago in, in the 50s and the 60s, if guys wanted to hate you, they had to sit down and write a letter and mail it. And there was a whole process to go through before they could tell you that you suck. But now they can literally just go online and directly tell you that you suck. It, it's made it a totally different yeah. way of, uh, of dealing with the public. Yeah, I know. People could be just pussies, man, because you know they're not saying it to you, so they do it, and it's just the way for a cat would just to take a shot at you. Sometimes, yeah. If people use their real name, though, or they just say, or they just don't like me, I, I, I accept that. You know, there's people that are giving me a lot of criticism that was legit. It's when they're under a fake screen name and they're saying horrible shit. But people who just tell me that they think I'm not funny or I suck, I, I mean, I gotta, I can't. Yeah, I blocked them too. The eggs. The I don't eggs. care about their Egg opinions. profiles. Yeah, I, I've, I've teased Dana for that because Dana White's got two million Twitter followers. He'll be screaming at the guy with a fucking egg <laughs> profile and one follower. <laughs> yeah, that is so funny. I, 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 I find amusing all for that because Dana, like, he, he really shouldn't be paying attention to it at all, but it still bothers the hell out of him. It still bothers him, man. This is funny to see him react sometimes. Yeah, it is fun to watch him going after somebody, like, or responding to somebody, really, who, who's talking shit. It's like this. Dude, they're, they're just a guy you probably blocked on another account coming back because people yeah, just recreate new accounts. Well, it's nice to know that the fighters get the same thing that the rest of us do is that it, it gets annoying and, you know, I, I, but I understand why guys talk shit to you on Twitter because you're, you're a basic threat Ooh. to their, any fighter. Oh. Uh, not, but see, even Matt looked at me this close. Who? But, you know, <laughs> no, to comedians, though, <laughs> comedians aren't scary. Fighters are, are frightening. So I get why people wouldn't want to confront you guys for real. Well, it's the thing about what, what comedians that, you probably do a lot more of it because people think you can take a fucking joke. But the thing about it is, a lot of comedians they don't they they, they got thin skin like they don't they can't take it like they do it. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of them get pissed off, man. Some can't. You're right. Pissed off. My my friend, my friend, he's a comedian. He's always, I mean, but he can't take it. He can't. He can't take it at all. He don't like that shit at all. Uh, that's he funny. Come back with him. He don't like it. It all depends on what they say. Like a lot of my you know, my fans right. tend to be harsh, so I'll get guys saying hateful shit. And then I'll, I'll talk to them in DM, and they'll be like, dude, I'm such a big fan. 
I'm like, you just fucking told me to drop dead. Like, they're not even joking. There's not even an LOL there. <laughs> How about a fucking winky face, yeah. motherfucker? I don't, you know. <laughs> now, Rashad, I, I mean, I, I just, Michael Bisping just did like a, a movie, uh, the, what, the Triple X or something like that, the new one, and... And I know guys are getting into that. When when you're all done smacking people around the octagon, do you think about going that route? Because you're you're a suave yeah. motherfucker. Look at you the way you walk around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think I'll try it out. You know, I like I like the whole entertainment uh, aspect from the from the movie side. I think I can do something like that. But I mean, it, it, it's a craft. You know what I'm saying? And it's not as easy as it looks. I know that. So if I'm gonna do it, I want to make sure I step into it correct. I don't want to just you know, just do it and just be the guy that has muscles and flexing in the background and only have not have any words at all. You know what I'm saying? I want to, I, I want to do it. I really want to do it. You Thanks. know what I'm saying? So, uh, hopefully, hopefully after I get done and really, really kind of narrow down my focus on what I want to do and what my next chapter is going to be about, hopefully it includes something like that, you know, because honestly speaking, what scares the hell, it used to scare the hell out of me and keep me up at night is like, what is this next chapter in my life going to be like? You know, because fighting is great. And once you're in it for a while and, you know, you realize that, okay, well, this is going to come to an end. And now I'm 37 years old. I'm realizing that I'm closer to the end than I am the beginning. So yeah. I got to start thinking about what I'm going to do seriously to sustain my livelihood and for me and my family for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, and I made great money fighting, but at the end of the day, I made nowhere near uh, as much money that I can be like, oh, you know what, I live off my fight residual for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So it, it, it comes to a point where it, it's like, it's something real to think about, and it can be, it can be very stressful, too. So, you know, it, it, who knows what this next chapter of my life is going to be about, but I, I hope it's definitely inclusive for that. Well, you're a very honest guy. I mean, I, I think that's one of the reasons you'll have a good future, you know, whether it's being an analyst or whatever it is, because your personality is, is, is great and, and you tell the truth. So I think people will always be interested in at least listening to what you have Thank to say. You, well, thanks for hanging out with us, Rashad, man. Yeah, good, good luck. Thanks, Tim Kennedy at uh, 205 in New York, your first fight at uh, middleweight. And, um, you know, I, I'm sorry to say this, but I have you picked. I tend to have very bad luck, so I apologize to fighters who I like. Oh, man, <laughs> That's right. I, 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 I'll, I'll change it for you. But yeah, I hope, I'm, I, I've had a few guys win, but it's always the guys I like that I bring bad luck to. But uh, good luck, man, and congratulations for getting on that card. That, that's tremendous. All right, Rashad. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Good to hear from you. All right, Take buddy. Care, Talk man. to you soon. Later, bro. He's a good dude, man. I really like yeah, him a, a lot. Good, I'm, that's, listen, that's a, that's a really, really competitive fight. Yeah. Because Rashad's always dangerous, and uh, him at middleweight is—I want to see how he performs there. I think he'll do well because, like you said, these guys who are heavier, yeah, he, you know, you're trying to manhandle fucking uh, Jones or, 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 yeah. or any of these guys. It's got to be a lot, a, a little bit easier at least to to, to deal with a guy who's 185. But uh, you know, but Tim Kennedy is really you no. Know, I mean, that he's guy, a brute. I mean, you don't you don't get any jokes in the UFC. No. But that guy, I think, is extremely um, uh, underrated. Yeah. I think you're right. We, we talked about that the other day. I agree with you. I think he is. What's in your hand? Um, well, the left hand. Yes. Yeah, the right Not hand the other one. We don't talk about that. Uh, cl you're closer to Aljo, too. So. Well, you were asking me. You said to me, we were talking before, Matt, so yes. I, through the door. He was taking it down. I said, he yelled out. He goes, what's the best thing you bought for three ninety nine? Yeah. And I said, I bought CISO. He goes, what's that? I said, CISO. It's spelled S-E-E-S-O. 
the new ad-free streaming service with a nearly endless supply of top-shelf comedy. Literally months worth of exclusive original stand-up, next day late night, and a great catalog of classics. Every single episode of Saturday Night Live ever. Seth Meyers, Fallon, The Day After Air, 30 Rock, Saved by the Bell, Parks and Rec, even British comedies like the genius Ricky Gervais masterpiece, The Original Office, uh, and the entire Monty Python catalog. You know, it's dead. No, it's not. It moved. CISO has plenty of specials from comedians before they made it big. Uh, Louie, uh, Hannibal, Chelsea Peretti, uh, Amy Schumer, who I saw last night at the Garden, and she was phenomenal. Bo Burnham, many, many more. And I, uh, Doug Stanhope, my pal Doug just did a special for CISO, uh, the brilliant Doug Stanhope. They also have specials uh, like Funny as Hell, which is a, a stand-up variety show hosted by John Doerr. And they've had guys like Jim Jeffries, Garfunkel and Oates, TJ Miller, Hannibal again. Introduces fearless comics working today with dirty words like F and C. Fucking cunt. I can say that on the podcast. Now, if you're serious about comedy, huh? Uh, you got to try CISO, S-E-E-S-O, stream at any time, anywhere, on virtually any device. Uh, it's ad-free, $3.99 a month. That's less than you paid for a latte or artisan cold-brewed coffee or whatever other dreck you're drinking right now. Uh, try CISO free. And they put free in capital letters because free is a selling point for two months. We use the promo code UFC because, like I said before, Matt and I are hanging on by our fingernails here. We need all the help we can get. Shows you can't get anywhere else from critically acclaimed original series like Take My Wife and Harmon Quest to all 40 years of SNL. CISO is the only place that offers every episode ever made and the new episode the day after air. S-E-E-S-O.com right now to sign up for two free months with promo code UFC at checkout. That's CISO.com promo code UFC. You have nothing better to do right now, so just go do that immediately. This is UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. I was about to ask both of you guys. I was going to say, look, it's a simple question. I mean, uh, do you have anything today that could put you at risk for identity theft? I, I, I what? I don't, you do. Jimmy. You do. I do. You do. What is it? Well, you buy something, anything with a credit card. Do you use your cell phone out and about with the locator on? Do you uh, connect to public Wi-Fi? Do you did, post photos on social media? Did I, did I screw that up? I thought no. you asked if I had protection. No, not at all. You asked. A, you you answered like you're not sure, and I'm pointing out. Oh, okay. Go ahead. You were you were perfect at playing the part of John Q. Public. That's me. The uh, these are everyday activities for me, and probably you too. I mean, I'm a social media guru. Uh, yes, it's always it's weird when there's people all day telling me I suck. I have a lot of blocking to do. There are also day-to-day -day activities that the identity thieves count on. Because if we do it, they know we do it. And the more of them you do, the more opportunities hackers have to steal your personal information. Recovering from identity theft, look, it can take years and it can feel like a complete emotional and financial disaster. That's why a lot of people have decided to help protect themselves with Identity Guard. Now, with Identity Guard, you get protection from a company that's been in this business for over 20 years, and they've helped over uh, 47 million people be protected. Now you can too. So it'll be 47 million and one. Identity Guard continuously monitors millions of transactions and articles, and they send you the news, tools, and guidance you're going to need to minimize your risk. Plus, if you were to become a victim of identity theft, Identity guards, victim recovery specialists are going to be there to help you throughout the recovery process. Ooh. That's helpful because you don't want to go it alone, especially through some nightmare like that. You have no idea where to start. And Identity Guard even offers identity theft insurance with coverage of up to a million dollars. 
So get the Identity Theft Protection Service that's right for you. Visit Identity Guard at IdentityGuard.com slash podcast because that says to them, hey, Matt and Jim sent you. And when Matt and Jim send you, Matt and Jim, and I'm pointing at Matt and myself yes. quickly back and forth, yes. it helps us. Uh-huh. And it's funny, when we were talking to Rashad, I saw um, Aljo reach over and uh, he cupped the coffee with both hands. I didn't know where you were going with that. And I'm like, I bet you he's cold. And cold? I was right. Aljo, you cold? I was cold. I was freezing. Oh, was did you cold. shut that AC off or no? He did, but that's how cold it was in here. Is that why you guys are trying to get his attention? Yes, because yes, oh. I saw him holding the cup like it was like like we were on the fuck in the in the revenant. So I was looking at you guys. <laughs> oh, what a good movie! I saw that the other day. Awesome. Man. What I, I I love that movie. Doesn't man. it change your opinion on what comfort? Do you, you see the revenant with that? Yeah. What, what what? How much discomfort you lived with back then? Being outdoors in the cold and not just sleeping in the body of an animal. That, but if that, it rained, you got fucking rained on. That was it. But how great was that? Like when not great, but like just when he slept in when he gutted out that that horse. And he slept inside it, and it looks so warm in there. I mean, you don't want to be that guy, but no, it smells. It, it horrible, probably smells sure. horrible, but but Blood it was on you. yeah. But he was in there, and he was like a little baby, a horsey. Yeah, but you imagine being the next morning, you got your fucking clothes got snow on him. You got fucking uh, you know horse intestines in your pubes. I thought it was done so well, man. Amazing. I, I just the, the whole thing was just because you always felt like that he's gonna get attacked at any second yes. in, the, in the in the wild with the with the Indians, and it was a wild, wild. What 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 a, what a, what a nice what a, what a nice movie what a, what a it was really a great movie. it was it was amazing and the discomfort of the whole thing is what got me is how un- I'm a man who likes comfort I like my comfort <sighs> me too that's I why fly I fly in the aisle I like to be comfortable man. I wear me undies yes I'm wearing them right now <laughs> yes. I, I had a fucking young lady uh, friend I'll say in air quotes did you tell say me, you had a fucking old lady no I said I, I had I had a fucking young lady oh friend. I'm s- and I said I'm young la- I said young off. lady in air quotes she told yeah. me that uh, my undies she's noticed that I've worn them a few times around her. So oh, I need yeah. I need some newbie undies if you guys want to I send think, a few uh, new pairs Chris to the producer, kid. can we get that done? I'm gonna get right out. How about this, Thank Matt? You. Chris, the producer, Matt wants it done. You don't ask, you tell. I, You're yeah, the boss. Yeah, but I ask kind of like in a way where it's like, really, I'm not getting it. That's What's that's the that, with you. That's <laughs> the beautiful New York part of yeah. Matt. I walk in, and say, hey, how's that air conditioner? That's my favorite. I thing wanted about a Matt. diet soda because Jimmy was talking about a diet soda. Oh. So I'm like, ah, I would, uh, I wish I had one. And what? Well, Chris, the producer, runs yeah. out and gets one. Oh, yeah, he sent somebody. He, he really did. He didn't really. Yeah. He, I mean, listen. I make like he's a great guy, but he really just kind of yelled at somebody else. He delegates. I yelled out and open, and he goes, "Well, you want one?" He goes, he goes out the window, and I get my soda. <laughs> that's my story. Back to Aljo's nineteen brothers and sisters. Oh my God! I right. We got to get back to that, Aljo. Tell us. Tell us your story. Aljo. Yeah. <laughs> man, we grew up in a battle royale. Man, you ever watch uh, the WWE when sure. everyone's trying to? Get the last piece of. Were you all in one house? Extra piece of chicken. Were you all in one house? Or what? Uh, not at one time. We would. I think at most we would have. I think, ten or eleven, in a house at one time, which was really crazy because, now we have to like uh, delegate who's cleaning the dishes on what day, who's supposed to clean the bathroom, who's supposed to clean yeah. certain things, and it was always like a shit show. Because, bathrooms. Was that uh, Uniondale two. by the way? That was in Uniondale, Long that, Island. That was in Uniondale. Yeah. It's the town next to where I grew up, East Meadow. Now, how many of you guys were fighters? Because in a big giant family dynamic, you have to yell to be yeah. heard. Or, or like, what, what? How many guys fight? How many guys are really funny? Or how many guys? Uh, you know, I want to say just about everyone in my family is a little comedian. Okay. Um, everyone's everyone has their their ball breaking moments, and we got a lot of funny people, a lot of funny characters. We got some really interesting people in my family, which uh, I think if we, honestly if we had a show, it'd be. Pretty sitcom. hysterical. It yeah. would be pretty the Sterlings. Yeah, yeah, meet right? the Sterling. Yeah, meet yeah. the Sterlings. <laughs> Are you the only fighter? 
I'm my younger brother Troy actually had three amateur fights. We're trying to get him to have his pro fight, but we're mm. waiting on the New Jersey Commission to approve his license so that he could have his first fight at the uh, Ring of Combat November 18th. Okay, that's a lot of people. 19. What's the age range? Uh, the youngest right now is 12. They're twins, and the oldest I think she's 32 or 33. Yeah, I met I met a few, I know Troy and Troy's also uh, man he's a gifted rapper no yeah he's really I good mean, what is his name with the rapping Troy Grinds G R I N D S or E S where do we follow that guy um G R I N D Z oh okay Z. yeah he's on he's on Instagram he's on Twitter what is he what is he on Instagram at Troy Grinds T R O Y G R I N D Z Troy Grinds. Troy Grimes. Troy Grimes. Yeah, he's the good man, and uh, he's good. He like, does my workout music too. He does do your oh, really? workout yeah. stuff. The last, the last few. Actually, I think my entire pro career, I've actually walked out to all his songs. And they do a handshake. Listen to me, because I mean, <laughs> there's times where he's in the corner too, his brother, and then his brother's not there. So I, I wanted to get Longo to try to memorize that handshake. Oh, they do something where I mean. Yeah, do it, it. do it in the air. Do kind of in the air. They love it. It's like... Backhand slam. It looks like fucking Wing Chun. Then right here is game over at the end. Dude, then they do a thing where they slip the... I go, yo, how... Game over! And I remember when his brother wasn't making it, We were, I think Ally Quinta was in his corner. I go, dude, Ally, you get that shit? Did you master that? It's either you or Longo. Longo's going to start fucking hand-boning and fucking smacking himself. I'm a terrible handshaker. Yeah. I'm a good, I'm a good, like, traditional... In the 1950s, yeah. you know, welcome aboard. I'm, I'm not, I'm not yeah. kind of, I'm a terrible, like, cool handshake. Yeah, so, I ruin yeah, it. it is something, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a hugger. Like, I do a little thing, I bring my shoulder in sometimes. But yeah. Then you get the guys that don't like the hug, and then they kind of stand there. It's kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> most people these days, though, yeah. are, uh, I, you know, I, I interviewed Tom Jones one time, and he was talking about how his father, he's Welsh, yeah. and his father was one of those fucking old, like, they didn't touch yeah. And he said that my father would, you know, this is a terrible Welsh accent that's more shit Irish. <laughs> but he said he would meet a guy, and if the guy shook his hand the second time they saw each other, he'd be like, I fucking met him already. Like, why oh, is really? he touching me again? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, you know old school guys did that. Didn't, like, the next time you saw the guy, it wasn't shake every time. They, they shook when they met, and that was the end. That was all she wrote. It's so strange, man. Probably all homophobia, it, you know? Yeah. Touch, no touching. It's funny with the different cultures, you know what I mean? Like, my, like in my wife's family, like, they, like, like my in-laws, they're so Italian, they're always kissing... The, the cheeks and stuff. I don't. Yeah. I don't usually kiss the cheek. I don't do that. I do once I give in a, a while. hug. Once in a while, you know, I do. With certain the guys. Sometimes, you know. But like, I don't know. I don't. You know do who kissed me on much. the cheek? Who? Mike Tyson kissed me on the cheek. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, <laughs> what is? And uh, why did you say? What the fuck's the matter with you? Because we were hugging. Hello, and it was Mike. I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there's some guys you can get that that yeah. from. You know what I mean? But it didn't feel weird. You know, it just felt uh. like, it felt like a guy like like some guys are like at that point where there's it's so so tough. There's nothing to. They, they don't mind being affected. They're not, they're not afraid sub- of being misconstrued. I hugged you on the subway. Absolutely. I think I was leaving, leaving last. I'm like, I, right, I love you, buddy. Yeah, and I'll say I, I love you too. That. Yeah, I say that in public. I don't because I don't yeah. feel insecure about nothing. You know, and I'm a warm guy. Yeah, you are a warm guy. <laughs> Back to Aljo, Aljo's twenty. Sometimes he'll say, "I love you," and and and, and when the doors are closing, I'll say, I've, "I've loved you more than I've ever loved another man." And the doors closing, yeah. him and those people. Are I'm just it gets awkward. <laughs> Aljo, they're just looking at me. Never but, loved a man more. I'm sitting there. Oh, so 19 on. brothers and sisters. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. That's yeah. a, I have one sister. That's a huge... And, and it was weird to even share a little bit with one sibling. So do you learn, like, do you not get attached to items as much or are you overly attached to them? 
I think I'm overly attached to my items because was mine is mine kind of thing. Okay, yeah. And I was actually grew up to be known as the uh, the stingy and the cheapest guy in the family. But I, I kind of had a reason to. I'm like, man, you guys are always taking my shit, and That's it awesome. just everything goes by so fast. I remember there's this one story where I bought a box of Capri Suns, and I, I think I was selling them. And uh, I think I gave my brothers like two of them, and then my mom asked me for one. And I was counting how many I have, and I was like, ah, I only have three left, Ma. Like, I, I don't know what to do. And, man, I got smacked. Dude, that was like that was like the joke that I'd never lived down because yeah. it was like how can you do that to your own mother? She's the one who gave you the money right. to go buy this. I'm like I'm trying to hustle. I'm trying to I'm trying to make another dollar. You better but give your mother a Capri I, Sun. I, I I learned real quick. What's a Capri yeah. Sun? It's, it's one like, of those little yeah. juice boxes. Like oh, the, okay. <laughs> that was one. That's like one of the most. Uh, that's how bad it was for me, for me. Like growing yeah. up, I was like that guy. Yeah, you're smart. You're saving your money and you're making sure that you don't fuck it. Or you know, too many yeah. people get crazy with the money. Yeah, I sound like my aunt when I said that. Too many people don't save. Shut up, Jim. <laughs> Aljo, what are we looking at in the future with you? What are we looking at with this next fight? Are you gonna? What, what, you tell me. What are we looking at? I'm honestly looking for a TKO. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to. I'm not looking to jujitsu this guy. Yeah. I think I proved my point with my jujitsu in my last fight. I think I showed what I can do, mm-hmm. and I think uh, this next one. I got to be a little bit meaner than what I've, not even a little bit. I'm going to be a lot meaner than I used to be in the past. And, you know, I'm I'm more so, I want to fight, but at the same time, I'm not trying to actually have an all-out brawl kind of fight. I think this fight is going to get a little nasty. This fight is going to be the one. And and, and Jimmy, I don't know. He lost his last fight to Brian Caraway. Close fight. Close fight. But a fight like that, the experience of losing a fight like that, and it was your first loss. How many wins? I'm twelve and one right now. Twelve and yeah, twelve and one. That does not suck. That's a great and, record. Uh, but again, you know, I was with Aljo with that, obviously, and backstage he was very emotional. Okay, which, which is good. That shows me that uh, that it did not. You know, it wasn't just all right. I lost. It, it was devastating to him. You know what I mean? People don't know how much we put into this. They don't know. You know, two of the guys that that I seen the most devastated. One was Aljo, and one was Chris Weidman when they lost. And those those guys are two of the the, the most promising guys, most dangerous guys. And Chris you know what was I mean? what was he? Chris twelve or thirteen yeah. and zero when he lost. Twelve and zero, I, I think I, too. Yeah. Twelve and zero. Yeah. yeah, it's tough at that level. To I'm amazed by anybody that can win more than a few fights in a row. With there's so many guys fighting now yeah, and no. training since they're thirteen. It's not like you know, yeah. like you know when when Liddell was champ. You know yeah. where guys started training when they were twenty or twenty. Now guys are training their whole lives. It's fucking very yeah, tough they're, to they're remain undefeated. Up, yeah, but I mean. With that fight, what, what do you what do you feel you that you brought out of that? What did something change? Do you feel it changed you for the better now? I mean, do you feel that experience helped you? I a hundred percent think I learned a lot from that. And one of the main things I learned was when you're prepared, you're prepared. And fight week, I know a lot of guys tend to take it easy. I'm one of those guys who kind of goes nuts. Yes, I'm still doing two fight, days. Fight day, during, you go nuts. Yeah, so f- fight day, I did three workouts before the actual fight. And people don't know that. And uh, I know Matt was telling me and everyone's telling me kind of calm down. But I'm like, this is how I get. I get so super paranoid where I'm like, yeah. I want to make sure every single yep. thing is accounted for. And I feel like I did that. But in the, in the, uh, in the grand scheme of things, I think I kind of shot myself in the foot. Sure. And I kind of shot my load. I think I just expended way too much energy. Even during fight week, I came down, I think, 143. And that's like the lightest I've ever been coming into a fight. From what? From, uh, I mean, I normally get to like 160. Wow. And uh, 
fight week I came down on, I think it was a couple of days before, I was only a few pounds overweight, and that was like, I think I was the lightest guy there. Yeah. So for me to not have to worry about my weight as much, but I'm still doing these two-day sessions, I kind of realized the experience, If uh, when you're ready, you're ready. I, I think it was the best training camp I ever had. Yeah. I think we were more than well prepared for everything. And even being tired in the fight, I think I still more than held my own where I didn't sustain any damage, and I don't think yeah. anything really happened Close that fight. was significant to say, Oh, I was outclassed. Right. I don't think anything sh- showed any type of indications towards that. And uh, definitely some some fight IQ mistakes in yeah. terms of staying basic and not trying to do too many fancy things. Like just- Even certain things, Aljo, we, we worked, we even talked about like technical stuff. You yeah. Know, like as far as with the guillotine, like the reason you, you initiated to go to your back sometimes that made it cost you around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Looking for the neck and things that you know he didn't necessarily put you down like you know what i mean more than it was your bad for going for that neck at that point and those are judgment calls that are split second you know what i mean but that's where you that that shit you learn from because you're like all right that costed me the round yeah even even when he was on my back for i was standing up i stood up with the guy on my back for a minute and instead of me trying to spike him and then try to spin out do the normal back escapes i would have had more time to actually work with where i could have possibly stole that round at back at the end probably end up on top it's just Certain things I just wasn't really thinking about. I think I just kind of lost a little bit of uh, my flow throughout right. the fight. And I think that's where the experience comes in. Where So for wrestling, when I'm teaching my kids and I'm coaching, I always tell them, you do the basic stuff first. And once they get past your basic line of defense, then you start to go to the, uh, the, the your last resort, your Hail Marys, where hopefully you come out on top in the scrambles. And that's normally my game. But yeah, fight IQ, man. It's just yeah. fight IQ, a little bit of experience. And um Definitely, when you're ready to fight, I'm you know I'm ready to fight. I know we, we're well trained, so right. I just gotta believe in that a little bit more and not not go too crazy like I did the last yeah, time. I mean, I have, a question, I have a question about weight for you guys because yeah. I, I like so many guys like, like uh, Rashad was just saying, guys will go up and he came in at two fifteen. I'm sure he's fighting guys at two twenty seven, two thirty. Wouldn't it be easier just to kind of fight at the weight you walk around at? Like, is that just me being ideal? Like, say you're you walk around at one uh, one eighty five. Why not just fight at 185 so around, even though you'd be fighting guys who are uh, probably getting much heavier that day, like, you know, guys that walk around at 200, wouldn't it, what's the, what's better to fight someone who's uh, your weight or fight someone who's heavier, but you're at a comfortable weight? Does that make sense? Did I ask that improperly? Do you know what I mean, Chris? I know exactly. Why am I asking Chris? I I'm not asking okay. you. <laughs> I knew it. You're just a guy in a t-shirt. Yeah. Yes. No, I know. I know precisely what you're talking about, but the, the key is, the, 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 the thing is, like, uh, let's say Damian Maya probably walked around, I'm going to say, maybe not close to 185, because he's probably even a lot bigger than that. But he wasn't one of the bigger guys in that weight class. And and it's when you're fighting a guy, the the, the explosiveness, the strength, the size in a th- in three five-minute rounds, guys are in shape. It make it does make a difference okay. it, compared to if you're fighting that same guy for an hour. I know that, does, that, that sounds weird. But like, oh, that you could be more patient. You could be like an old school type situation or a real fight. Um, you want that edge of being bigger and being a, a stronger or being like, like look at Damian Meyer at 170. I'm using him as an example. I was only asking yeah. if the, the, the weight cut <clears throat> yeah. saps your energy no, enough could, to make no. up for that or no. It, it really could. I mean, I was, a, I was a tweener. Like I said, like a 155, I was so, da- I mean, oh my God. I was, I was like Gollum on the scale. Uh, and, and, but but I was huge. I was get a hold of somebody. I'm freaking suplexing them and stuff. But uh, 170, I wasn't really big at all. Right. I know that sounds funny now. Me walking over two bills, but uh, but powerful. Sorry, I'll but um, I always have to say that. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it just you know, 
170, I was up to everybody's nipples, and now they're even bigger. Right. So that would be even be harder. Aljo, I don't know. Aljo's always walking around with a fucking 12 pack. Guy came in eating a Snickers bar. Look at he lifts up his shirt sitting down and all fucking abs. You can wash clothes on this guy. I've never had anything resembling abs. Like this is how I, <laughs> this is the best I can feel about myself is if I'm standing up straight, yeah. nude in the morning, and I can feel a slight indentation yeah. instead of just fat. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a good day. That's funny. <laughs> You're gonna get laid for free today. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. No, but when Aljo was talking about earlier, what the way he works out during the day, it's hard to tell anybody anything different to change. Like, all right, man, I, the guy that day of his last fight, man, fuck. What I'm talking about, three workouts, and then he's in the octagon before the fight. They let you go in the octagon a little bit before the event starts and he's in that thing for like man it felt like 45 minutes the guy's in there I'm like dude I think it was it was I'm like what are you doing like I feel like I'm like I even told him like Aljo let's save some save some for the fight (laughs) save some for the fight because how I feel personally is like you want to be anxious to spar again you want to be anxious to work out again you I I, that's how I feel but what am I going to tell to a kid that's that's fucking 12 and 0 man that it is and and it's working for him so it's like it's a hard part as the coach because People can say, oh, scientifically, they say you should do this for the warm-up and that, but it's all fucking bullshit. Everybody's different. It really is. Dude, there's Everybody's some baseball different. players that will get drunk the night before and it's smoke cigarettes and it right? worked. Like, you know, David Wells was a dr- fucking drunken animal it's, and he almost threw two no-hitters in the same season. No, it's, it's an amazing... No, it's true. People, everybody's different, man. So who am I to say what works for who? But I, that's one of the things I think Aljo, that might have, you know, that, yeah. that might have made a little bit of a difference, you know? And that's, again, this game's about, it's like life. You learn and you go on. I'm really excited about his next fight. I'm not just saying that because his last two sure. foreign sessions were fucking intense. Well, that's why you I always think I mean? it's easier for a fight. I'm, I'm always saying, like, a guy, a guy like John Jones has a, 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 the perfect loss scenario yeah. because it was a fight he was really winning and it was just an, an elbow that was a disqualification, yeah, it was a, it was but it's bullshit. an L. Yeah. So it's like, or if you lose early, it just seems like you've gotten it out of, you've gotten it out of the way. But it always seems like guys who win for a while, like Ronda 10-0 and 0, or, or whatever she was, Chris, yeah, yeah. yourself... Once there's a certain amount of wins, it's like then that first loss I think is is hits you hard. It but. makes it makes you look uh, vulnerable. Yeah, you know what I mean. And not but not for nothing. One in Aljo's situation, it's it's one of the better situations because it's not like oh man, I met somebody on a different level. No, yeah. he had a, he had a fight that actually could have went his way. It was very close, and uh, and and I'm I'm excited for December 9th. You know what I mean. I'm obviously biased because sure. he's my guy and he's my buddy. But I mean, this kid—he's—he's. I, I, if you look at his fights and you look at his highlights, it's fucking—it's fun as hell to watch because he's very. I mean, his nickname is the Funk Master, and he's funky as hell. I've seen him do stuff in either in both sparring and also uh, on the mat. That I mean, his transitions and and uh, and the, he was talking about earlier his the scrambles, where it's like I—it's I, hard for me to keep my mouth shut. You know, when I'm trying to coach, a lot of times I'll keep it shut because I don't know where the fuck he's going to end up. And he ends up with getting something that right. I, I would have maybe directed him a different Against, direction. Yeah. So he's, it, and uh, some positions that he gets is so fucking money that uh, they're fight enders, man. And he's fucking, I mean, this guy's got a mount like nobody's business, a fucking BJ Penn type mount. His back takes. Um, Aljo, I'm excited for December 9th, Aljo. Should I be excited? Should I be this excited? <laughs> you should. Everyone should be. Fuck, It's going to be good, man. I can't wait. I'm definitely pumped about it. And uh, He's got a crazy brother, by the way. He's like threatening me on Twitter. And what do you mean? 
talking about these all these things he would do to me in the favelas and all. Well, this tell stuff. him to calm down. Is Wait, it really his Raphael brother? Is his brother? Is his son Sal's brother? He's is Freddie. There's Junior, and then there's Rafael. And these are definitely related to him. It's They're not all related. Affair. This guy in what would he do to you in the favela? I mean, those are rough, rough areas. And uh, yeah, in I'm, I'm like, but I told the guys like, you don't live there no more for a reason. So how are you saying you're tougher than me if you don't live there, there anymore? Just tell him that you don't. You, you know that, that that's not on your bucket list to go visit. You don't plan on going there. So yeah, like, that's what that's what I'm what like. What okay. talk about? Tell him to get his ass in shape. Does that guy fight? He, fight. I think all, I think the three of them fight actually. All right, well, tell him that you're fighting his brother and that you guys are gonna settle it. Yeah, yeah. Why is he Why is he getting involved in your business with his brother? I don't know, yeah. but he jumped in a couple of times, and then Raphael had to like calm down. He's like, yeah. I'm a Christian and I believe in this. No fights. That's good. I'm like, no, I don't listen. understand. This just got really, really weird. This doesn't. But- have, this doesn't <laughs> listen, we're professionals. This ain't no street shit. But you're not here to get threatened. Tell him to behave. He's a yeah. side. He's telling me, listen, you're a sideline Susie. Sit off to the sides. We're not talking shit on your camp. Do the right thing. You know, listen, I'm going to fight your brother. Me and your brother are going to fight. That's right. That's it, man. You know, don't be going, don't be making no threats. Yeah, it was like yeah. Well, Stephen Thompson's dad got into it with uh, Tyron Woodley. <laughs> you know, it just happens. Yeah. The family yeah, jumps happens. in. But you know what's good about that is you guys are going to fucking fight. Exactly. That's what's good. I don't, I don't find nothing wrong. I don't like people disrespectful. I, I don't like this. those lines you shouldn't cross and whatnot. But hey, man, if the fighters are talking some shit, good, because you're going to fight. You're going to fight. That's what makes it, you know, I'm saying this, you're saying that. Guess what? All right. Uh, you know, that, that, it's not, it's, I see no problem with it, if that's how you feel. I don't like when it's too manufactured and yeah. people are trying to. Right, trying to sell you know, The too- fact that he's got a psychotic brother, uh, is, is, uh, that, that's good. Let that guy get amped up. Let him do the shit talking for his brother. And then, you know, you'll take care of his brother in the ninth. Yeah, Hafiel Hafi doesn't really talk at all. No. <laughs> very little. Very little. Go. Maybe he needs a nutty brother to get you, to get you all hyped up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some guys, though, it, the first time I interviewed Uri- Uriah, we, we talked about the guys acting a certain way in the ring. And I think he talked about the first fight he had. The, the, the guy was just one of those... One of those dudes, like a tough-looking dude who was like, you know, Ugh, like fucking hammered yeah. up or whatever. And I'm like, well, were you afraid? Uh, and he's like, well, no, we, we, we were going to fight. Like, yeah, no, no there's, yeah. No, there's no need for that. Like, no, you, what's your, what, you know, you're, you're prepared. Like, listen, you want to win, and how do you win? I want to Longo avoid fighting. <laughs> I want to avoid it. Man. This is the this is the hurt business, man. It really is. Was that the name of that fucking documentary? Was yeah. It? It the was the business. Yeah. Yes. Also, the name of a great film about anal. <laughs> oh. oh shit! Oh fuck, Jim! That, that was like a backfist out of nowhere. You can't. You gotta walk. <laughs> this fucking. Oh, now I'm lost. You fucking got me out. You got me out. Now we're talking about uh, the hurt business. Longo says the hurt business. No, man, you're the the objective. Like when Rashad said, like, you know, it's different when you're in this kind of game compared to anything else. When you lose, it's like, ah, you you guys kicked our asses. No, you're really going to get your ass kicked. Like, it's not like, oh, they beat your ass in basketball. Why? Because you got an extra one in the hoop and (laughs) you got the ball in the fucking circle. Uh, This... All right, oh, yeah, I beat your ass. Yeah, man, no shit. My eyes shut, my arms broke. I mean, these are all the things you're... When, when we're looking, when Aljo's looking, take out San Sal. San Sal? Yeah. We're not saying, all right, we're looking to... You know, you scored some points that round. No. 
where yeah. you're looking to take his neck off, you're looking to take his arms off, you're looking to hurt him, you're looking to take his chin, you're looking to hurt him upstairs, you're looking to hurt his body. This is what we're this is what you're doing for two months. In two months, you're doing nothing but thinking about how am I taking this guy out? And you know he's thinking that about you. Yes. Yeah, definitely. You know Dude, a I'm tough fucking... guy is thinking about like I'm gonna hurt this guy. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. But he's fun to, but again, what do we always say, Aljo? That guy He has to fight well, you. He's gotta fucking fight you, Aljo. Whenever I, you start, oh, this guy possesses this, he possesses that, or he's dangerous to you. Oh, wait a second. He's got to fucking fight me. That's what the fuck Aljo's thinking. Aljo's a dangerous motherfucker. That's what separates. <laughs> I'll make his fucking good looks fool you. <laughs> this guy's a fucking dangerous motherfucker. One of many things that separates me from you guys is that ability to think. I would always try to be getting to weaseling out of the fight. And don't, I'd be trying to use psychology to end it before it starts. You, you know what's like funny? Like I would make karate Jimmy? noises. No, <laughs> and threaten the karate <laughs> chop him. Yeah. You know. But you know, Jimmy. The other day we were talking and we talked about that video of the guy. Uh, the the, the uh, guy getting assaulted on the subway. The not the good gentleman. one though. Not not, not the, the eight you ball. stupid that bitch. Was, that one was the, the eight ball the, jacket. And he had the big guy. Was my fucking hero. The best thing. That was the best. That was the best video. But this one, where this guy got assaulted and on the train, there's one other guy in there, and I'm attacking the guy, and and I remember you. I go to Aljo. There was a video on the subway uh, of a one. There was three guys in the car. One guy's filming it, and he was just a bystander, and there was a guy on the floor. Getting punched and then getting his getting stuff taken his money taken out of his pockets by some thug, and uh, he was on the floor and and the, and then the guy stopped beating him up and then just picking up his change and the old man's on the floor holding his head and the guy asks him he's like hey you're right and the guy's got his arms out like what do you fucking mean yeah. Yeah. so I'm thinking like dude oh god what I would do to, I would I would fucking love to be there because I'd fucking hammer that motherfucker but you know I'm thinking and then I was kind of yelling about the other guy being such a pussy and then Jimmy chimed in like well maybe the guy was scared. That if that's true, and what I should have tried, what I should have said, Jimmy, is not everybody's gonna jump in like a fucking Batman. But then you know what? Then why you feel you know you filmed enough? You got a picture of the guy. Go go through some cars, find somebody, find some help. You're sitting there filming it to get on World Star Hip Hop. You fuck. Yeah, that's my story. Yeah, my, my point. Part you know, of you don't, you don't know if a guy has a pistol. Yeah, get the fuck out of there. Blade. No, no. I mean, if you jump in, it's hard. It's hard. It's scary because you never know what a guy has. Well, that's guy. You got to take him and out. You want to get your face sliced. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's true. That's, that's true. my money maker. Yeah. No, it's true, man. But you could. You could <laughs> but I mean, personally, if it's a guy like myself or Aljo, I think we would take that motherfucker out. Yeah. You could because you guys, first of all, that close, a knife wouldn't do him any. You know, you you guys. Well, knife is very dangerous. Yeah. I mean, I would. If I, you know, if a guy had something, I would, I would, I would see what I had. Obviously, uh, a bottle or whatnot. I'd try to do something. If not, I'd try to get the guy on. on if the guy's assaulting somebody, I'd get up behind him, fucking, you know, take his back, fucking suplex him, put him on his ass. I fight like a stripper in a parking lot. I just aim my fucking pepper spray and I run the nice. other way. <laughs> oh, by the way, another plug whore that I am. I'm going to be yes. in Fort Lauderdale in November and Philadelphia, uh, 27th through the 30th at the Helium Comedy Club, warming up for my special. So if you want to come down and see me, uh, hopefully there'll be laughter ensuing. <laughs> Hope so. Oh, man. What else do we got? Now, listen, is that it? I think so. I think we're going to be closing this thing soon, Aljo. Aljo, what else do we have to add for you? What are you wearing? What shirt is that? Is that a your shirt? Uh, this is actually one of my good friends from high, high school. All right. Well, we're not going to plug him. But anyway, what else do you got? <laughs> what do you got? What else for you, Aljo? December 9th, the return of Aljo Funkmaster Sterling and Albany... Hey, yeah, I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna watch that. Let me tell you, it's not MSG, but you'll, you'll be they'll be there again. It's still New York. First fight in New York. It's yeah. still New York. First pro fight in New York for me. Am I getting so. flown out there? or Am I fucking driving that thing? What is that nine hours? Yeah, you don't. No, no. no. Albany's that? three and a half. Oh, very doable. What? No, it should be like two. 
I'm oh, really? Okay, yeah. Two hours, Albany? I yeah. think a little bit more than two. Really? Traffic, yeah. yeah. What am I thinking? It's you in Guam. Because you're thinking of Buffalo, probably. Ooh, Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo is far. That's Buffalo really is far. Buffalo bitch, is yeah. far. Now you're making me think of that Leo Cap, uh, the Leo movie again. Red the Revenant. Yeah, with the yeah. Buffaloes. I can never pronounce the Revenant. Say it again. The Revenant. The whole the whole. You can smile do it. it. I can't pronounce it. Try it again. No, you can do it again. The Revenant. The Revenant. Yeah. Why? Why? Perfect. I always, I'm always like the Revenant, because the Revenant, the Revenant. Because our instinct is to say the Reverend. No, oh, the Reverend. That's easy to say. That's the word. Revenant is a word that we've never said until never this fucking it. film came I out. I never said it. Even no one it, has. I would always know what I would say. I'm going to go see the Leo movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where he gets fucked by the bear. That's what everyone wants to see. Hey, what is? How do they do that scene? Probably with a trained bear. I mean, um, I want to pet a bear. Fuck. By the way. Sometimes I just say cute things like that. You want to pet a bear? <laughs> yeah, I do. I want to like scooch under its chin. Like, shush, shush, shush. They love yeah, that shit. Bears are nice. When it's got a little cub with it, I'm going to walk over and menace it. <laughs> All right, I guess that's oh, wait, it. Wait, am I doing your show with Sam Roberts? On Friday morning? The Jim are. Norton Sam yes. Roberts show on yes. Sirius? Friday morning. Can I do that? We want you to what do it. You're on the schedule. Are we going to set this up afterwards? 9 a.m., 9.30 a.m., whenever you want. We go on until 11. There's somebody else on with you, too, but Who? they're on after you. Well, I don't care. Uh, but then you'll be. Oh, Elijah Wood. Who the, oh, fucking Fro- Frodo? Yeah. Oh, fuck, I'm on with Frodo. Yes, don't call him that. I won't. I, I shouldn't call him that either, but I'm. let me tell you how I don't know those movies at all. Uh, then I think I have to, I might have to be in studio. You are in studio. <laughs> are you getting me out of there when he's on? No. Is it okay with Sam, or are you running that shit? A, yes it is. Okay. B, of course I am. I'm um, kidding. Yeah, no, you you will be in studio. You're not going to come in and leave. You're going to come in and stay throughout the show. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to get along. How, I, I think Sam, I'm going to get along with Sam. Sam's a good he guy. He seems like a good guy. He's a very good guy. You know, you yeah. guys have a good thing going on. I like that. And it's a separate thing than what we're doing, so I'm not jealous. No, totally different. And if somebody comes in here and does the show with you, I get a little jealous. Nah, you don't need to. He had hey, Aljo. Aljo, stop playing Angry Birds. Aljo, what the fuck are you doing? We're still doing Trying a podcast. Trying to get shin guards for sparring. We're still tomorrow. doing a podcast. And these shin guards for sparring. Aljo, when when he when somebody else comes in when I when I when I'm on vacation and stuff, I get I get a little I get a little jealous because we have a thing here. Me and Jimmy are building up a thing here. Yeah, you never want to lose your but I'm the same way. I've been away for some episodes too, and then you, you, know? you come in. You were here when he wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And Jimmy's not I'm not insecure, but a little maybe with the podcast a little bit. No, you don't need to be. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> you know who I took a picture with last night? Who? Roberta Flack. I just wanted to stop the room. Tell me about Roberta Flack. <laughs> Come on, you know who she is. Oh. First time ever I saw your face. Oh. Not I'm... quite that melodic. Nice. Is she cute? She's very old. She's in a wheelchair. She's ancient. Oh, wow. Her hits were in like, she wrote Killing Me Softly. Well, she didn't write it, but Killing Me Softly is 1969. I thought that was the Fugees. <laughs> they actually do a great version of that. But hers she was does. the original. Lauren Hill. Old, uh, what happened to Lauren F. Hill? Is she around I'm sure she's still around, yeah. Huh? I'm sure she's still Why around. Why am I asking Aljo? I was just like, what am I though? I'm your fucking link to the fucking rap community, you fuck? Because <laughs> my brother Troy Grimes is killing it? Yeah. I bet, Troy, I, bet, I bet he likes uh, Roberta Flack. I bet All he musicians does. like Roberta Flack. Well, she's nice. Don't, she's give, a, don't give her no flack. No. Oh, come on, Matt. Jimmy, when I, I do horrible shit like that, just smack me. Just no, smack me. No, no, I don't. I shouldn't try to make jokes in front of a yes, comedian you like him. Yes, you should. Because it reminds him why he's so funny. No, you said don't give me no flack. That was all right. Yeah, it's fucking shit. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. I'll tell you what it is. 
It's fucking bullshit. Look, I'll enjoy. All right, I, let's I, end this look, thing on a high note. How about this? What? I'll have fun with those little jokes, and and you Just protect make, me on the train. No, it you know all works out. We're gonna get out of here. That's what's gonna happen. And then he's gonna call up his friends and be like, oh, he's gonna say Sam Roberts next time he sees him. This fucking Sarah with these goddamn jokes. <laughs> Maybe we'll, we'll we'll bring it up Friday morning. I'm gonna ask you. To I do can't do wait to be on. Jimmy, I had so much fun. Aljo, yeah. what, are you are you coming back with me to Long Island, or you got something to do? I gotta go get a custom mouth guard right now. Oh, he's, What's a right. custom mouth guard? Just, is it have say something on it or the size? That and it's gonna be really fitted to my teeth. This way, I can breathe a lot easier. Oh. I think after the last fight, I like chucked my mouthpiece. I picked it up and I think I like left it in the back room. I really like that one too. I think that was a bad that was a bad luck one. So listen, we're gonna yeah. get a new one. We're gonna get a new guy, and I'm gonna I'm gonna see you fucking later in the week. We'll be fucking getting some. I'm gonna talk about sparring for Saturday too. Jimmy, we're out of here. Right, here. Thanks, else? Al Joe. It was great to have you. All Thank right. you to our pal Rashad Evans for calling in, and uh, good luck against Tim Kennedy at two hundred five. Of course, the great Matt Serra. Thank you, Jimmy. Yes, it was fun. We had a lot of laughs, Chris. I had a great time. It's a great Chris, outfit. Take one, us out. You look, oh, like the, you look like one of the fathers from the Wanderers. Yes, <laughs> you fucking creep, Chris, the producer. Bye, everybody. This has been a digital media production. Find your voice. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.